You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the PFWC podcast. Um, I know I say this every week, every time we have a new podcast. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, I am getting to sit down with Victoria. They are an amazing human being who I've been following on social media for quite some time. Um, So I'm really excited to sit down with them and to just hear what you are all about, Victoria. I am so excited to pick your brain and to have such a great conversation with you. Um, So before we get too deep into conversation, do you mind just um, telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hey, Carly. Thanks for having me on the show. So excited. Um, A little bit about myself. Uh, I am Victoria Wellsby, a non-binary fat human being from the UK, living in Canada for the last 12 years. Um, And I teach people, I help people unlearn fat phobia so that they can love their fat body. So that's a little roundup of me. I'm also amazing, so good looking, and an incredible human being. I wish you all could see their outfit right now because <laughs> they look phenomenal. The earrings, the sunglasses, the t-shirt, the hair, all of it. You look great. Rolled out of bed like this, you know, Carly. It's hard when you're as good looking as me. I know. <laughs> well, Victoria, I'm so excited to have you. Um the work you're doing is absolutely amazing, super important. Um, and I actually think the first time I really came across your work was um, with the documentary the, that the Body Love Society did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were in that the um, you were in that documentary. I was also in that documentary, and I remember being like, "They're amazing." And then I I was like, I have to, I have to follow them there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, same, obviously, I, I I think I've been following you for a a good while now. So love your Instagram. Can you talk a little bit about what your relationship with your body has looked like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, a lot of people will, will hear me speak or, or see my Instagram and, and presume that I've always been quite confident because I'm, Um, I am quite confident, Uh, but most of my life I was so different. I hated my body. I was really, really, really shy. So I was just like a shy person um, unless like I was around close friends. But because I had always had a bigger body, I saw that as a personal failing a character flaw. And so I really did expect less for myself in life. And so I would 
you know, have really shitty boyfriends. Like my first boyfriend was abusive. And at the age of 17, I was homeless and um, had really shit jobs and all of those types of circumstances. I was like, yeah, well, do I deserve more than this? Is it that big a deal that I'm living in a homeless shelter for young people? Like, is it that big a deal that my boyfriend is abusive? I mean, I mean, I am fat. So, and obviously now I'm like, in my, I can I can recognize what my mind was saying, but at the time it was just kind of like, well, what am I going to do? Um, and uh, yeah, and so most of most of my life thought that being fat was absolutely horrifyingly awful. I felt like I was lazy and uh, unattractive, and you know, people only dated me be, to be charitable, um, mm-hmm. and. One day I discovered um, Reagan Chastain's blog, Dances with Fat, mm-hmm. and her message was, it's okay to be fat. And after years of dieting and hating myself and blaming my body, this is the first time I ever heard that message of, it's okay to be fat. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Everything just changed from there. And I, I never looked back. So powerful. I feel like so many people at least myself, um, have that like prominent moment where we were like, where we're like, oh, wait a second. (laughs) All these things that I have been told for my whole, like my whole life and all of these things that I believed, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that is such a powerful moment for experience. Yeah. And I I remember like sitting in bed, looking at my phone and, and turning to my then boyfriend and being like, did you know this? Like, did you know that diets don't work? Did you know? And he was just like, oh, whatever. And I was just like, what? you know, wanted to like run out of the house and like shout in the street, like, hey, everybody, you could be fat. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, re- I remember it because it was so pivotal. Yeah. And I, I can relate to that too. That, that moment where I first realized the actual health risks of dieting and all of those things and me being like, holy shit, this is, this, like, this is insane because it's completely, complete opposite of anything I was ever told or taught growing up. Um, so yeah, I think that moment is always so powerful and something that I think a lot of us will always remember when it comes to our, our journey with our our bodies. Um, did you, what was the, the biggest change you saw in yourself from, from that moment on? Hmm. The biggest change that I saw in myself is that I stopped feeling like I had to apologize for my body Mm -hmm. and yeah, lived unapologetically. And I kind of came out, like I'm using quotations, came out as a fat person, even though I was clearly a fat person. But when I say that, I mean, as in before, I was like an ashamed fat person, a fat person that was trying to do everything they could to become thin. And, and then it was kind of like, hey, everybody, I'm fat. And, you know, people were probably like, no shit. Like, <laughs> I have eyeballs. I can see that you're fat. Um, but it was kind of like that reclamation of this powerfully painful word that was painful in the past. Um, and now I, you know, it was something that was just an interesting thing about me or, or not interesting or, you know, just something about me that um, I needn't be ashamed of anymore. So, yeah, coming out and 
uh, as a fat person, a fat person that was not going to be pursuing weight loss, mm-hmm. um, that kind of unapologetic living and not giving a fuck that people would judge me and people always judge us, right? And no matter what we do. And so I might as well be my authentic self and try and live joyfully um, and be judged for that versus being judged for, you know, being vanilla and being apologetic and being not who I really am. Yeah. And I'm sure for people listening, you know, there's, there's probably some people who are in, in that stage of life where they want to kind of accept that, that term fat, and they want to not feel ashamed. And, um, they want to, like you said, quote unquote, come out as a fat person. How long do would you say it took for you to get to where you are today from that day to where you were like, Nope, this is who I am. I'm going to live as myself, live joyfully to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, there was a big catalyst to, uh, me doing this work, work on myself in general was, um, when I was in the UK, I was dating this guy who I was absolutely sure that I was going to marry. He was my dream man. He was just the most incredible human being that ever lived. And I um, busted him cheating on me and he had three other girlfriends. And mm. yeah, yeah, three other girlfriends. They should make this into, I think they made a Hollywood movie that was similar this to, the, to this. I think it's called The Other Women. Mm. Anyway, my friend saw that movie and she was like, oh my God, they made a movie about it. Uh, and so I was the one who found out I contacted the other girlfriends, the two, two girlfriend, one and two believed me. I was girlfriend three girlfriend four said, go away. I hate you. You're lying about my amazing boyfriend. So we were like, whatever. Um, and so we got together, me and the other two girlfriends and we were so similar. Uh, they were, they were like, they were funny and they were beautiful and they were accomplished and they were just great people and then I looked at myself and I was like hang on a minute why don't I also believe that I am like them like this guy wasn't dating me to be charitable because he was a piece of shit Mm -hmm. he was dating me because he too thought that I was beautiful and smart and funny and la 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 la, all that type of stuff and so I realized that there was something wrong with the way that I was viewing myself I wasn't um it wasn't that there was empirical evidence to show that I was and attractive and horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of evidence to prove that maybe I wasn't, even though I had just been cheated on. <laughs> but I took that and I was like, I need to go to therapy. Holy shit, I need to sort out what is going on in my brain. And so I've been in therapy for um, about a billion years, um, <laughs> about like, I don't know, six, eight years. Um, and I worked out that. I was an okay person, right? Like I worked out that I was a good sister, a good friend, a good daughter. I was, you know, all of those types of things. And, <clears throat> but I couldn't shake the idea that if only I was thin, then mm-hmm. I would, you know, be getting calls from Brad Pitt and money would be raining down from the sky. And, you know, I'd be bigger than the Kardashians or whatever. If only I was thin. <laughs> And my life, everything was was great. You know, I had a good job and a good relationship and good friendships. And 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 then that is when I saw Reagan's message. And so I had done all of that groundwork. I had spent 
probably at that point, maybe two years in therapy. And so I'd worked out that I was a worthy human. And this was the last puzzle piece that clicked into place. Cause I was like, I'm a high achiever. Why can't I just lose weight? Like I'm the type of person that would be successful at losing weight because I get shit done. Like other diets might fail for, for fat, uh, fat people, but not me because they are lazy and horrible, but not me. I'm going to crush it. And, and it was just, you know, that, that realization. And really from there, it was very quick. It was very quick. Cause I had my confidence as uh, being a human was, was high. Um, and then my confidence in my body just kind of clicked into place from that piece that I was missing. Yeah. And how do you navigate those days where you may be questioning kind of that confidence and that worth and that, you know, all of these things that you are talking about, what do you do on those days when that feels a little bit harder? Yeah. So something that, you know, obviously, cause uh, that happens, right? Because you are a human, I'm a human being with a human being brain and I'm influenced by um, what I see and what I consume and all that type of jazz. So one, one time that really stands, stands out for me is, um, so I've got a TEDx talk that I did three years ago. And just before my TEDx talk, my dad died suddenly. And um, so like two weeks before the talk and my, I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going to go fly home and not do the talk. And, um, and my family said, no, Victoria, you need to stay because you've been working on this for a year, do the talk and then come home and we'll have his funeral after. And so my dad died suddenly, which was horrific and stressful and awful and sad. And then I had my TEDx talk, um, which was joyful and fun and happy. And also in the back of my mind, deeply sad about my dad. And so then I flew to, uh, the UK for his funeral and and we 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 met long lost family and in his family that we'd we'd never seen or hadn't seen in a long time and that was really joyful because it was his funeral which was sad and and then I got um gastroenteritis from my one of my nibblings my sister's uh, child and I was physically sick and so um so all of this has gone on I flew back to Vancouver Canada and I looked in the mirror uh, after I got back and my brain said to me, oh, look, Victoria, you've lost weight. Look at your tummy. It looks a lot smaller. The boys are going to like you more now. Mm-hmm. And that could have very easily gone into, okay, well, my, a little bit of being sick and stressed has made me thinner. So maybe I should keep going or, or maybe once I had recovered and, and the weight was, my weight was back to normal. Maybe I could have gone, Oh, you're a bad, you're bad, Victoria, you need to whatever go into a spiral. But I managed to catch that thought and be like, what do you mean? The boys are going to like you now. Why are you having this thought? And I thought, and I was like, well, shit, I've just gone through the most kind of up and down stressful experience of my life and was physically unwell. So no wonder your brain is going to try and give you some comfort by telling you boys are going to fancy you because your stomach is like a millimeter smaller, you know, and noticing things like that. And so when I do have days where my brain says, oh, Victoria, you're unattractive today or you're too fat today or whatever, I say, huh, 
I wonder why I'm feeling like that. Mm. Has something been going on in my life? Am I stressed? Am I sick? Have I been watching episodes of Too Hot to Handle on Netflix and being influenced by normative bodies? Mm -hmm. Am I sad? Am I hungry? And so instead of kind of internalizing it and being like, oh, I'm a bad person. I need to lose weight. I'm just like, I'm curious. What's going on? Let's give myself some self-care and a nice nap and you know, a nice cup of tea, you know, whatever to, to help myself. So yeah. Anyway, long way of saying is I'm just curious about it. Yeah. And I love that because I find myself <laughs> doing the same thing and something that I've found to be super helpful for me is, is that same conversation internally of like, why am I having this thought? Did I see something? Did I hear something? And that's something that I find myself encouraging other people to do as well is like in those moments, being able to catch those thoughts and instead of beating yourself up for having them asking yourself why why am I having this thought what might have caused me to think this um and I found that to be really helpful for me in being able to kind of dissect where these feelings are coming from um and then from there being like I'm human these thoughts are normal I can't eliminate them forever but I can work through them in a healthier way mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. I love that you mentioned that because that's definitely something that is huge for me as well when I have those days where I'm like huh why am I thinking this way why is today yeah. so much harder for me to look in the mirror and think positive things about myself compared to yesterday or the day before Mm. Um, and some people will will not be in the same position that we are where it's kind of more of a rare occurrence most people will mm -hmm. probably be like well every day is like that but then there will also which which is a good clue to say what is going on in your life and what what is going Mm -hmm. into your brain but also there'll be days where it's a little bit better and days where it's a lot worse Mm -hmm. and on the day on those days you can get curious on the little bit better and a lot worse like why what's going on because yeah, yeah some people might, might not relate to the kind of oh I have a bad old body image day once every decade you know <laughs> not that that's our reality you know We're yeah 100 percent yeah, yeah and I think that's super important to acknowledge because the reality for a lot of people is that that every day kind of you know negative thoughts type of thing um and so yeah, that's super important to acknowledge. What is it that you, because I'm curious what you would tell, say a client or someone you're working with who has those negative thoughts every day. What is the first piece of advice that you're going to give them to start that process or that journey toward, you know, accepting themselves and working toward that more positive Yeah. So, so what's really, really important is a big mistake. A lot of people make is they're like, okay, well, um, I am going to do, uh, all of the kind of fluffy stuff. Like I'm going to start following people on social media and I'm going to, um, buy some new clothes or whatever. And that's going to make me feel more confident. And, and like, they aren't bad things, but it's like, we've got these foundations where we deeply believe that our body is not okay. So the foundations of our self-belief are really shaky or they're rotten. And so we don't want to build on top of that. We want to really excavate and discover why we feel like that and what lessons have we internalized what's gone on in our uh, younger lives that's really made us believe that because 
not everyone hates themselves, which is bizarre. <laughs> There's some people out there who just grow up and they're just like, whatever, my body is not whatever. What does that feel like? <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, right? Like, who are these people? They're weirdos, they're freaks, they're, <laughs> they're not real humans. But um, you were taught, we were taught that our particular body and uh, marginalized bodies in, in general are inferior. And so why? And and really kind of digging that out and, and being that, what is it that people that dig in the thing like- um, Excavator. Excavator, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, or what is it when they're digging for like dinosaur bones? What's that called? Archaeologist. Archaeologist, yeah. So you're kind of like an archaeologist and looking at these bones, which you thought were well buried and just observing and noticing and also observing and noticing in your life currently who and what are still supporting those beliefs that have been embedded in your life for so long. And chances are people who don't currently like their body, a lot of them are surrounded by people and messages that just reinforce that idea. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like, wow, it's no, it's no surprise that you don't like yourself because your past and your present is telling you that thing. And so we really need to get those foundations cleared out and build from the bottom back up. Mm -hmm. And I guess something I find, um, the question I get asked a lot, and I'm curious to hear what your end of it is, um, is how do you have those conversations with those people in your life who may be you know, still having those extreme fat phobic beliefs or those conversations, like how does an individual navigate that? Mm, Yeah. So I have a whole mini course called Boundary Boss on this and, and boundaries is the answer and boundaries, Mm -hmm. gross, hate them. Like, why, why do we have to have, like, why do we have to have healthy boundaries with people? Like, oh, sick. Um, (laughs) But I used to be terrible with boundaries. And it used to really, really, it affected me and it affected my ability to be close to people because, you know, like I'd have a friend over in my house and they wouldn't take their shoes off because I wouldn't ask them to take their shoes off. And they'd come in and they just walk around with their shoes on. And the whole time I'd be like, fucking bastard, look at them with their that shoes. That is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange that people would not take their shoes off. Well, well, it, I think in, in some households, like I was brought up in a shoes on household. And so I only learn as an adult that shoes off is a thing, right? And so, and so when I go back to my mum's house, she's walking around with like mud on her shoes on the carpet and it drives me batty. Like, anyway, so I I would have things like people doing little things like that. And I'd be like, in my head, fuck them. I hate them. Why are they doing this? And, you know, shoes is a small example, but they might be doing other things, you know, like talking shit about fat people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, ah, oh, they're so rude and they're so mean and they're so horrible. But then to their face, I'd be like, oh my God, I love you. You're the best. And shoes on, love it. Love that for you. Um, and I wasn't giving them the opportunity to be close to me because I was so angry with them. And I wasn't um, giving myself the opportunity to be my authentic self. And in reality, it's not a big deal. You know, most of the boundaries that we want to set, in my mind, I thought that if I said, hey, do you mind taking your shoes off, that the person would be like, 
what? Take my shoes off? Who are you? You're a bad person, you know, and I thought then they'd flip a table and maybe they'd try and like roundhouse kick me in the face and then storm off and I would have lost a friend. The reality is, would you know, the shoes off example, even, okay, do you mind taking your shoes off? Oh yeah, of course, no problem. And then that's it. And then you're no longer mad. And that person is like, oh, cool. I know what, you know, I know Victoria, um, they like no shoes in the house. Um, And so not everyone you want to, one, invite into your house, and this is like a metaphor, and two, tell them to take their shoes off because they might not be worth the trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they might not be safe. And so um, you want to make sure that is this person someone that you want in your life? If not, just don't bother with them, you know, just get rid of them. Um, or do you want to have a good relationship with them? You know, if it's just some person on the street and they Stay, say stupid shit and you're not that bothered by it then you don't have to go around setting boundaries with everyone you could just be like okay whatever yeah weird person on the street but if it's like I don't know someone you want a relationship like with you know like your mom or your sister or your friend then having these conversations that don't have to be difficult can be easy breezy are critical You cannot be around people who you care about, who you want in your life and have them sitting there saying, oh, fat people are this and that. And I hate my body and you're a bad person for being fat. And, you know, not that they'd say that, but, you know, the messages that we get from what they're saying. Um, It's going to have such an incredible effect on your mental health. You have to. It's it's just yeah, unless you don't want to have any friends or family in your life Mm -hmm. then that's cool like you can just not um but it's just so damn important and so many people say yeah I don't want you I don't want to rock the boat and it and you know the thing is it might not be safe you know you might depend on your family for you know finance or Mm -hmm. or or shelter or whatever so it might not be safe but if you've assessed that it is safe and you can do it the power there's no power imbalance then I think it's really really important yeah I agree so much. I consider myself a recovering chronic people pleaser. Mm. (laughs) Um, Majority of my life was and has been spent doing whatever I can to make other people happy, to make other people comfortable. And that was one of the hardest things for me in, in all of my healing and my eating disorder recovery was boundaries was setting those boundaries with friends, with family. And because I come from a pretty diet heavy family, dieting was just normal within my household. Um, and so setting those boundaries with my mom and with my grandma and being like, Hey, I'm coming into town. How about we maybe don't talk about this, this, and this, but instead let's talk about valuable stuff, like valuable things. Mm. Um, and I will say when I did set those boundaries, it was much easier than I thought, (laughs) Right. but in my head, I was, I was making it out to believe that it was going to be super scary. They were going to be so angry. And thankfully in my situation, they weren't, they were understanding, but it did take a lot of reminding, um, because my mom and my grandma, they had that internalized fat phobia and they had you know, it was hard for them to kind of make that switch. 
same with my people like they needed a lot of reminding and I think that's the big thing is you can't just be like hey can you not talk about this and then you know people are going to be like oh yeah sure and then 10 minutes later they'll be like oh yeah so oh my god have you seen this new diet where you rub like peppers into your into your bum hole and it makes you lose 75 pounds in the next three minutes like you need to then be like oh hey remember we talked about that whole thing and yeah. reinforcing those boundaries is I think more important than than the first kind of conversation mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely and I I think with in my situation at least it was kind of reminding them like hey this is something I'm very serious about and the more I reminded them the more that they were like oh this is a very big part of her life very yeah. big part of Carly's life something she's super passionate about and something that's really important to her so we should probably respect those boundaries yeah yeah exactly Um, but I totally agree boundaries are so important but they can be really scary yeah the worst why can't people just read our minds I mean come on Carly it's 2021 mind reading should be a thing I'm like can't I just have a screen on my forehead that's (laughs) telling everyone what I'm thinking (laughs) right although you probably wouldn't want that because you'd be in public being like oh my god look at that guy's dick I can see through his shorts or you know things like that yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like that could be a little bit dangerous but (laughs) in certain situations in certain situations definitely (laughs) um (laughs) oh my gosh I love that so Victoria I have really loved kind of just getting your perspective on everything because I think it's hard to social media can make things really difficult in terms of like really understanding where someone's coming from or really understanding the message that someone's trying to put across. And so that's why I love being able to have guests like you on my podcast, because it gives you the space to articulate a little bit further, um, with my community. And I, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, but I did want to ask you one more question before we wrap all of this up. Um, and that question is something that I think will be really helpful for majority of the listeners. Um, but that is, do you have a book or a podcast or something that you recommend for people who are starting this journey or this process of healing in terms of, um, understanding fat phobia, internalized fat phobia, all of these, these things, um, anything, a a book or something that you recommend, because for me, I find books and podcasts to be the easiest way for me to learn. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. 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 Funny. You should say that because I have a book and it's called Fierce Fatty and I have a podcast and it's called Fierce Fatty. And for those who don't want to invest a, my podcasts are about an hour long and a whole hour, you can go to my Instagram, which is fierce.fatty. And um, I do audiograms, which are like three minutes long, which is a really nice little snippet of the podcast and the main themes of the podcast. So you can kind of, it's kind of like, what's it called? Cole's notes, like an, a, 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 um, Spark a notes, what it is here in, in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And so like a shortened version of the podcast. So if you just want to know like hot take on this subject, go to my Instagram and you'll see like an audiogram for uh, lots of different subjects that you can you can nerd out on with your, your fatty brain or your, or your straight size brain, whatever. <laughs> I love that because I am the type of person who definitely sometimes just need like three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Me too. Uh, 
but yeah, spark notes, I, the word I was thinking of was synopsis, like a synopsis. Yes. Of Look, yeah. You know all the words, Carly. I can't even remember half the words and you're helping me out here. This is perfect. Synopsis. Thank you. Yeah, I got you. And then yeah. tomorrow it will be the opposite and I will probably have someone else. Um, <laughs> <all my> words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But I love that. Um, I know you that you recently mentioned um, some places that people can find you, but can you just let us know where we can find you, where we can follow you, support you, all of those things? Yeah, so um, my website is Fierce Fatty. If you want to work with me as a client, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. And um, you can take my Fierce Fatty Academy, which is an, uh, an online course. And that teaches you how to get from A to Z of, of hating your body to uh, escaping fat phobia. Uh, or you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So if you want something a little bit more intensive and you get to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that too. And you can find all the details for both of those things on my website, which is fiercefatty.com. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much. Victoria, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk with me. All of the details in the show notes, so everyone can find you there. Um, and Victoria, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you, Carly. You're the best. You're frozen. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I was like, thank you, Carly. You're the best. Thanks for having me up. <laughs>